Welcome to Ministry Strong with Lisa Whittle, where ministry matters so much that a co-host and I have conversations to help strengthen and encourage ministry leaders to serve Jesus with integrity for the long haul. And we don't shy away from the tough issues about culture and the church. I think at least one of the reasons that we get in trouble in ministry, whatever trouble is, is because of this issue of trust, like burnout, um, isolation, whatever the case may be, we struggle to know who we can trust. What do you say? Yeah, I think it's one of those things that we struggle with, but we don't want to acknowledge. Um, and I think that oftentimes the evidence of our trust issues don't show up until um, there's either a breach of trust, broken trust, or uh, there's just, you know, every, everything's just falling apart uh, around us. Uh, but trust is vital. I mean, if we just pause and, and think about it, like trust seems to be the very, I don't know, oxygen of our relational existence, you know? Yeah. I've got four little kids and I just think, Lisa, and you've got uh, children, adult children. Yeah. Uh, so we're in different spaces in, yeah. in our seasons of life. But, yeah. you know, for me, it's like my kids trust me. Like they need to have that level of trust. And I know when the when there's a, uh, a faltering of trust because they're inconsistent and they're worried and there's anxiety and stress but for you is that give me some hope does it get better (laughs) when they get older because you know i've got a squad of four under 10 right now (laughs) yeah i mean i think there's a there's always that trust that has to be there but when they get older they don't rely on you for like you know that level of trust like are you going to pick me up after football <laughs> practice or will you leave me here right like it's just not the same anymore i think though uh the beautiful bond of family trust is awesome that's why it hurts so much when that's broken yeah like right but it's the same thing with church it's the same thing spiritually yeah that's why I think we are so devastated when, if we're ministry leaders, if, you know, in our church body, when those trust issues are broken, mm. it's especially egregious, mm. right? Mm-hmm. What, I mean, why people are so upset and want to leave the church when they feel like someone in a spiritual authority has broken their trust, or when we are on staff somewhere or in a ministry position, somebody has betrayed us. Like mm. that's hard to get over, man. That's counseling stuff. That's like sure. major therapy. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I mean, therapy is a whole different topic. That's a whole different. It's, I think, important. really important. I think everybody. <laughs> I mean, aside here, I my belief is you should go to counseling before you yeah. lead a church. Yeah. I, I believe that. I yeah. think we would have healthier people in staff positions and ministry positions if you can go to yeah. counseling before you lead a church or before you lead a ministry position you should yeah because i think you know one of the things that's difficult about a breach of trust is it's it's a it's a two audience scenario one is the individual that broke the trust and the other is the audience that has experienced the the lack of trust or the, or the or the broken trust, and both sides are devastating, but in different ways. And I feel like on the one side, like if I'm the leader and I break somebody else's trust, I don't feel the weight of my sin and my consequences with that until I almost see the aftermath aftermath and the effect 
of that in front of my people, in front of the the mm. people that I'm supposed to lead. And it's almost this fragile thing because it's an unfair. Like I think like that's unfair. Why does it have to take that severe situation in order for me to learn a lesson or in order for me to value trust and to put some boundaries in place in order to ensure that trust is not something that's easily broken or taken for granted. And yet I think often, I mean, we could probably go through, I don't know if you've got any ministry uh, leadership (laughs) experiences of of trust, you know, but it almost takes that in order like it's that's the backstory of when you look at a person and go man that person seems real trustworthy like it seems like there's there's some fidelity there and there's just a, a consistency and that person I almost guarantee you the person's gonna be like ooh it was not always like this <laughs> there's yes. a story on top of story that got me to this place and keeps me in a place of vulnerability because I know how quickly it could be gone this is okay so this is a tender tender subject for me um no secret, I think anybody who's read my books, anybody who knows me for sure knows I struggle with trust issues. I mean, I, when I say struggle, what I mean is it is a lifelong process for me. I am constantly in a process uh, of talking about it with my husband. He'll say to me, this is one of your trust moments, or uh, this is things I've processed in counseling, Joel. This is stuff that has affected female relationships sometimes, ministry stuff. Like, I have to constantly give this to Jesus, I'm telling you. And so um, I just thought of something when you were talking. It, it just triggered a thought. I remember my father, okay, who was this, I mean, <laughs> he had it's so many different things about his personality. He was this powerful leader. He was really wise with his counsel, but he was also kind of naive sometimes. (laughs) And I remember there was this guy who was in leadership at the church. He was like in lay leadership, not paid position, right? My father was a pastor. Mm -hmm. And I remember this guy got very close to my dad and our family loved him. He was sort of this great guy. And he at one time really betrayed my father like it was and it was a kind of a snake in the grass scenario it wasn't you know even as a young woman even as a teenager i knew like oh this guy can't be trusted that's interesting right i picked up on that my dad however was naive to the situation because he loved the guy so much Mm. and i remember him saying the guy's name and he said he he, they're going to come over for dinner he and his wife and i was like you're, you're you're going back for more, Dad? Like, what? He already betrayed you in a major way. And he's like, right. oh, no, no, no. We made up. We're good and everything. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe arm's length now. Right. And my dad was really naive about it. And I hate to say, but the guy betrayed him again. again. Yeah. And so here's kind of my question for you that, that, that I'm pondering, that mm-hmm. I'm throwing out. Is it possible to go through ministry life? I know it's not possible not to trust people, but I have to say my instinct is like, just just have like two people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you widen your circle, you widen your possibility for being hurt. Yeah. What What is realistic as a, as a person who's leading people to keep your circle small? Like, what do, what do we do? Yeah, I think that's really good. So, Lisa, you have you wear many different hats. You are author, speaker, mom, 
um, a Bible teacher. I mean, you've got all these, you know, hats, and I get to wear some different hats as well. Uh, and so, one of the things I do is I serve as director of theology at Proverbs Thirty One Ministries. And one of the projects that we have is a thing called Therapy and Theology. Mm-hmm. And so, this begins to intersect pretty, pretty amazingly. And some of y'all might have heard me um, in on the series of Watch Me on YouTube uh, with uh, Lisa Turkers and Jim Cress on that. But I want to give you something that Jim Cress taught me, and he said this. By the way, I love Jim. You know he is a friend of mine. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, he's always jealous, by the way. Every time he sees pictures of us, <laughs> I like, love wait him. a minute. Yeah. You're, how, do you, how are you friends with both of the greatest Lisas, right? <laughs> I need to br- we need to bring him we here. We need to bring him yeah. in. Um, this is what Jim says. Jim says, trust but verify. Yes. Trust but verify. Yes. yes. And so I think there is a tendency, and, and I love that example of your dad, because underneath that there's a... There's a goodness there. There's an innocence yeah. that we want to have. Yeah, you're right. And at the same time, that innocence can burn you so quickly. Yeah. And so trust but verify. This is what I think. I think it means to have a heart posture that says, my heart desires and longs to trust you hmm. because I'm going to think the best of you. However, I'm going to verify in the sense that I also know that the fall impacted you as greatly as it impacted me. And so because sin is rampant and the enemy is prowling like a lion and trying to uh, overtake you and your desires, it is incredibly important that we as individuals verify that level of trust, that we can say, okay, they these people are trustworthy. I mean, I just think about simple things, Lisa. So, like, are they trustworthy um, in their vocation, mm. in their work? Yeah. Like, do they have a great reputation, reputation. With, their co- with their coworkers? Yeah, exactly. With their families? Yeah. In their church? I think of simple... I always tell my sons, you know, I have a background as a, as a youth pastor, and so I don't know if you ever had these conversations with your kids, but, like, my oldest son is at this place. Like, he wants to be a cool kid. He thinks that in order to be a cool kid, he's got to play football, which he does. He's a quarterback. He's a, got a great arm, but he's also smart, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he wants to surround himself with these particular types of kids. And I've kept telling him, I'm like, son, the types of people that you want to be around, pay attention to how they treat other people. Mm. Because the way they treat other people is an indicator of how they're going to treat you in your worst moment, Mm. you know? And we want friends around us that don't fit the Instagram verified 100,000 followers, you know, whatever. We want the types of people that are going to be for us, be there for us in the grind. Um, And so I think that's the, the verify part, which means it takes time. Yeah. Churches are full of hurting people, and pastors spend a lot of their time helping hurting people get better. But who is helping our pastoral leaders heal from their own hurts, anxieties, and struggles? When these hurts aren't healed, how do they affect their ministry? Right now, Media partnered with best-selling author and psychologist Dr. Henry Cloud to answer these questions. A Church That Heals is a free video series that Right Now Media designed to encourage church leaders in their own process of healing. Taught by Dr. Henry Cloud, A Church That Heals explores how spiritual growth and formation can lead to healing clinical issues, relational struggles, and professional discouragement. In this series, Dr. Cloud shares how leaders who are healed can better lead churches that heal. To access this free five-session video series, visit rightnowmedia.org slash ministrystar. That's rightnowmedia.org slash ministry strong. As a leader, do you ever feel like there's not enough of you to go around? Maybe you feel alone or that you're too busy helping others to tend to your own needs. 
Do you ever wonder who you should talk to about your life? If so, I want to tell you about Anchored Hope and the excellent counseling available to you today. Anchored Hope brings care and counseling to ministry leaders like you, as well as the people you serve. They offer convenient and confidential virtual counseling with professionally trained and theologically educated counselors. Choose a counselor based on a specific issue or contact the Anchored Hope team to ask for a recommendation based on your needs or partner with them as a ministry and utilize their services as a helpful extension of your team. As a shepherd and leader, you have to have a place you can trust for your own help and healing. To explore counselors and schedule your first session, visit anchoredhope.co. If you use code MINISTRYSTRONG at sign up, you'll get 10% off all your sessions through 2023. Again, that's anchoredhope.co. And don't forget to use code MINISTRYSTRONG when you register. So I'm thinking about discernment. Like we're talking and I'm thinking about discernment because my go-to and I'm going to give myself a tiny bit of a pass. I think I'm really discerning. I really do believe I have that gift, but I think it's a spiritual gift. It it is a spiritual gift. Like some people have it in greater measure than others. Yes. And I think we should be aware that it's because God has gifted some people in those ways. I agree completely. I will say that I think anything, any gift can also be taken to, you know, used to our benefit when it benefits us to also self-protect. So I think that's where we have to be careful. And I will say there have been times, I'm willing to be honest about this, I think there have been times in my life, uh, perhaps even in my leadership, that I've used the discernment card. Do you think that sometimes as leaders we can use discernment as a, I know we can because I've done it. Do you think we can use that as a card to say, I'm not going to trust them because my discernment is telling me, because I'm telling you, Joel, I see people do this online all the time. Like, well, my discernment is telling me that this is not a person that we should listen to, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're about to get me into spiritual gifts and, and the whole nine yards. Well, we don't have time for all of it, but I want to hear some of it. Let me say this. I think there is a vast difference a vast difference between um, the Holy Spirit working in your life through giftings that is verified through Scripture and through the witness of believers around you Mm -hmm. versus your personal spirit, like your your ambition, yeah, (laughs) right, that is tapping into the same natural giftings that the Holy Spirit is giving you and utilizing, and yet is actually promoting a self-agenda. Well, and we can weaponize good gifts. Mm -hmm. You can weaponize anything. You can idolize anything. It's It's a toolkit. Right. You can idolize anything. You can weaponize anything. It's like good gifts from the Lord remain good gifts right but we can weaponize them we can idolize them it's anything else it's like anything else and so it's again it's what's the aim right right what are we trying to do with them so if i'm building a wall around me saying i'm not going to trust because my discernment is telling me that this person can't be trusted and this person can't be trusted this person no lisa but i think there's a bigger bigger issue with that one okay actually there's a bigger issue the reason why i think we build the wall and we say my discernment says i can't trust this person or i can't trust this person or i can't trust that person is because i think in order for me to actually trust them, I have to be okay with letting go of my control, with being okay with being vulnerable, and acknowledging the fact that I could be betrayed. 
Mm-hmm. And most people, me, I'm not okay with those three things. You know, I'm not okay with it either. I, I was thinking about the fact that last piece, what you're saying, I have to be okay with being betrayed. It's interesting. My girlfriend, um, she and her husband, she's married. She was she's married to a pastor, and some years ago, he was doing some things on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a one of those type of situations. They went away to get some intensive counseling. Yeah. And the counselor was counseling one-on-one with my girlfriend, and, and, and she asked him this question. She said, how do I know he's not going to do it again? <laughs> and he looked at her and he said, you don't. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? You know, how can I trust him and all these things? And he said to her, you have to be okay in your heart with the Lord, that no matter what happens, you'll be okay Mm-hmm. You and the Lord. So, sure, there are practical things and trust but verify, all of that kind of a stuff. So, I mean, there was some practical, you know, obviously counsel he was giving her. But the point was, you have to be okay if those people betray you again, because they may. Right. I mean, that's that's the pragmatist side of me as well. Right. And these are things, Joel, I have turned over and over in my heart and in my head and all that. What can we actually do to prevent? You can prevent all you can. You can build walls. You can, you know, beg people to tell you the truth. You can take steps, all that. But at the end of the day, we can't control other people. Yeah, I think it's like you can have safety measures. Yes. That put together safety, safety measures. That's a good way to say you. it. Yeah, yeah, there's like these. Uh, so the way I think about it, you know, my kids have this, um, or they used to have uh, the trampoline deal. And like, it's a, it's terrifying. If you ever see a trampoline, and you, my boys are like. Trampolines are terrifying they're awful like <laughs> and hazards my, and my kids have like the creative like spiritual gift it's not anywhere i find in the bible but i think it's there somewhere it's like they can turn any seemingly um innocent game into sure. a deadly game in oh, a second all kids have that gift okay these these <laughs> so all of a sudden we get the trampoline and the boys are jumping on there and levi decides on his own that he's gonna learn how to do backflips sure of course and so he's doing backflips with the other two brothers on there Absolutely. and then we realized oh my gosh we need a safety net around this thing yep and so we put a safety net around that thing now here's the interesting thing lisa the safety net was great mm-hmm. for about three to six months yeah but then what we realized is that the safety net was no longer being used as a safety measure to protect the kids just in case they got crazy and and they slipped or something happened and they, and they fell into it the boys actually realized that the safety net was a containment field but it was never designed to be a containment field yeah. so all of a sudden levi is running up and down the safety net wall doing flips into the safety net. now it's a part of the game that could be dangerous now it's a part of the game that, and guess what the safety net was never designed to do that yeah and so after three to six months we saw one hole another hole the thing is withering and all of a sudden there are big gaps in this in the in the safety net and so i just use that as an analogy and an illustration of how we have to really navigate these things because you can have safety measures all you want in your relationships but if that person is not willing or you are unable to live in that kind of um safe environment there's eroding is going to take place yeah and now it's our responsibility you talked about discernment now it's our responsibility um to discern hey does something need to change here you know but okay so at least i've like one of the things that i'm always so curious about and i always ask people that are further along in ministry career ministry seasons and family seasons i tend to compartmentalize 
my ministry life and my family life and I kind of have like okay this is how I establish trust with my wife with my kids but then yeah. in my you know my vocation uh, the older I get the more I'm becoming convinced like maybe that's not the best way to be thinking about all of these scenarios yeah how have you found is there a continuity between how you've established and maintained trust in your family life with ministry life or is that does it like the safety measures do they look different in your different contexts and is that even something we need to be aware of yeah i mean i think that trust issues really sort of flow throughout every thread of your life so i do think that when you deal with your own heart with them they they tend to carry over into every single part I don't know that you can completely compartmentalize that. I do think, though, that there are safer people in your life than others. And Mm -hmm. I think that's okay. Um, You know, I, I, I think we have to become wise with who we trust with different levels. And, of course, in another show, we talk about boundaries. And Mm -hmm. I think that's I think boundaries, even with your trust Mm -hmm. is important. Uh, so I think that's okay. I mean, obviously, you're going to have a different level of trust for your family who you travel through life with than you do people that you met two years ago. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. But the core remains the same, Joel. Yeah. That you you can't go through life not trusting anyone. That you can't go through life. And ultimately, the trust factor is going to be vertical. Yeah. It is. It, it's all about how how do I trust that God is going to hold my heart no matter what anybody else in the horizontal position does. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. I mean, there was a time in my life where I thought, can I get away with going through life without trusting anybody? Mm. I mean, if I had my rathers, that's how I would roll. Mm. I'm just being real with you here. I would love to go through life as a lone ranger not trusting a soul, but mm-hmm. trusting myself and trusting God, which you might ask, like, does this, is this hard for you to trust God? Yes, sometimes it has been. But curiously, trusting God is the easiest thing for me to do. I don't know what that says, <laughs> but um, it, it's endeared me to him in a big way because I do know he's not going to be the one that ever betrays me. But it, it reminds me of, I love the show Survivor. Like, oh my I, gosh, Britt and I are obsessed. Wait, we've never talked about this? Oh my God, listen, I, I listen, <laughs> I, you don't understand. No one cares about us talking we, about Survivor. I just, I just need y'all to know though, like with my kid, one of the things that we do for fun is we do the Survivor Fire Challenge. You do? I've created it for my children. Wait, what? Yep, and I've got Flint. And I've got, you know, the and I've taught them, like, hey, here's how you use the husk, the, you know, and then we'll do a string, like, at the very top, you know, because when it comes down to two people, and yes. they've got to, at the at My the mind vote. is literally exploding. Oh, yeah, right listen, now. we're so, okay. Brad and I have, we go through seasons of, like, total obsession, where we'll watch, binge watch entire seasons of Survivor. Okay, stop. Um, we can get so in the weeds right now. I know. I, let me get back to this, but later. Yes. Later, we're talking, put a pin in this. Yes. Um. You know, on Survivor, as you well, know. you well know, I'm so glad I'm talking to someone who understands. On the show Survivor, you you have to find someone, at least one person, alliance that you can trust, <laughs> yeah, or else you can't get to the end. There's no way, and so it, because your because your vote depends on them. Then it does, and yeah. and, and many things depend, so, like so surviving another day, surviving two more days, and so it, it really did, did dawn on me, like you know, you can't, you really can't get to the end of your life. Without putting some trust in someone else, sure, like physically, maybe you could, but 
I don't really even know if you actually could. So I think that's an important thing for us to remember. And certainly I will say this. As God has begun to work in my life, Joel, about this issue, it has changed my ministry. Mm. It's not only changed... I couldn't have gotten married twenty almost twenty seven years ago had mm. I not you know worked on it to that degree. But then, as God has begun to chisel me with this, my relationships with women have changed mm. in a positive direction. My ministry has changed because if you don't trust anyone, how can God grow your ministry? Right, honestly, because then you think I I don't need anyone. I don't I don't need anyone to work with me or for me because I don't want them to know my business or I don't want them. And and could along the way I get burned? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen. Two and a half years ago, I was approached by someone who wanted to go into to sort of a business with me. Right, another woman. I was terrified mm. because all these years I've done everything by myself. Right. And I thought, well, she could hurt me. Well, right. maybe she'll, maybe this will go badly. I've never known a, a great, you know, relationship, two, two woman, you know, business that went in together that didn't go badly. Right. And the Lord just kept saying to me, Lisa, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me. And that's it, Joel. Yep. I, 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 I that's it. God is saying, I want you to trust me. What do you think we lose when we don't trust? What do we lose? I think such a good question. I think to the level that we, because we talked earlier about, you know, vulnerability. Well, your ability to trust somebody, I think, opens you up also to the equal opportunity to celebrate with that person, that Mm. trust. There's something special. I've got a group of friends. We've known each other since we we're little kids. My, our parents all we all lived in the same apartment complex. We're all immigrants, uh, children of immigrants. The whole the whole nine yards, and um, there's deep, deep trust. And there's something very special about knowing that over 25, 30 years that I can go back to these specific individuals because of the trust that's been built over decades. Where it was hard, but there's a certain type of joy that is found in those relationships and hard moments that is not found anywhere else. Not with the people I've just met a couple of years ago, and you know, because they've known me there. And so I think that trust, true trust, what could be lost is that experience that comes when, um, when it's, there's a shared kind of vulnerability together that you would, it's, it's hard. Like living the Lone Ranger life is not easy. Yeah. You know, um, and then, you know, Lisa, as we were talking, I just think, like, isn't it so interesting that Jesus in the incarnation, um, he had to live a life of trust, in a sense, hmm. in his humanity. Uh, and often we think about Jesus and we say, well, like, it's like whenever somebody's like, well, just be like Jesus. It's hmm. like, well, it's easy. He's the son of God. Of course, just be like. But we have to also remember Jesus was human. Yeah. You know, and in his humanity... He, had to, he learned, he grew. This is the story of Jesus in the temple. He learned and he grew in stature and wisdom before the sight of, of men and in front of these high priests. I think it's intriguing that Judas is the person that Jesus has so much trust in. Hmm. He, was the, he was the business manager, essentially, for all of them. You know, like Jesus didn't have to think about the economics and finance. Judas was the brilliant economics guy. Yeah. He dealt with all the finances. And Judas is the one that betrayed him. And I think about Hebrews 5, 8. Uh, this is what it says about Jesus. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. 
And so I just think, okay, if Jesus, in the breach of trust with Judas and the pain that took place, if even there is something there for Jesus to learn and to grow from, even in the moments of our trust being broken or the hardship of it and just wondering, like what you just said, like maybe it'd be easier just to do this thing on my own. Um, what if there's something that we miss in that? And there's something to be learned, even when that trust has been broken. And I think that's what Jesus modeled. Yeah, that's so good. I was thinking about the fact of how hard it is to go through life suspicious. Mm. It's hard to go through life suspicious, man. You know, looking over your shoulder, thinking everybody's going to betray you, mm-hmm. thinking everybody, they might, they might. But what if they're trustworthy? Mm-hmm. What if, what if that person that you don't want to trust, what if they end up trustworthy? What if they end up the best friend you ever had? Yeah. What if they end up the best ministry ally? Mm. I think I think it's worth the risk because Jesus can be trusted and he's the one who's going to hold your heart anyway. Ministry Strong is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts, produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Artwork by Caleb Peavy and Noel Rhodes. Original music by Robert Elkins. A special thanks to my Ministry Strong team. Thank you for your dedication and hard work. Your hosts of Season 1 are Lisa Whittle and Dr. Joel Matamale. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get strong in him.